hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. I am overjoyed. I don't even know the words to use for a few reasons. Well, actually mostly two. The first one being that this is episode 26, which means after this episode, I have officially crossed over into past six months, which means I'm closer to a year of recording than I am to starting, which is a huge deal for me. When I started this podcast, I expected to do okay. I expected to maybe give you guys a few episodes and I was nervous because I didn't know what I would say. I didn't know if I'd run out of topics and I didn't know if it would be received properly. But here we are at episode 26 and I'm just so excited for what the future has in store for this podcast. I'm happy that you guys are loving it because it's one thing to put something out there and it's another thing for it to be received. So I don't take it lightly at all that you guys decide to take out of your busy schedules about 30 minutes every single week to listen to this voice in your ear. I truly, truly appreciate it and I'm so thankful and grateful for you guys and I just want you to know that I don't take it lightly at all. And the second thing that has me feeling really excited this week is the fact that my book is officially out and ready to be purchased. Um, This has been a journey. It's been a whirlwind. In January of this year, on January 1st, if you told me that I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing right now, I'd call you a liar because I couldn't even envision the life that I have created for myself or the opportunities that have been afforded to me. And it's just huge. I feel humbled, mellow, in awe. I'm an author. Like, that's wild. But yes, I think you guys will really love the book. As I said, it's called Through My Brown Eyes. You can find it on Amazon and I'll put a link to both Amazon, well, to all three, Amazon Europe, Amazon America.com and Amazon.ca. I really hope you guys will purchase a copy and read it. Give me feedback because this book has a little bit of everything and will resonate with everybody. So I really hope you guys give it a shot. Tell me you love it. Share it with your friends. Post quotes. And if you do purchase it, send 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 it to me on Instagram and you could hashtag TMBE as well. That would be amazing. So into our regularly scheduled program and to get out of my feelings, I hope you guys had a chance to meditate on the words to live by for last week which were know when to stay afloat and know when it's time to steer the boat and the thing that I found with this is that what is most important is that your mindset and your circumstances match so when your mindset and your circumstances match you end up in a situation where what you think you're going through and what you're going through are aligned, which is very important because that gives you the mental ability to handle the situation you're going through. And where the discrepancy comes is when these two things are not aligned. So one scenario is that your mindset says it you still need to stay afloat 
but your circumstances say it's time to steer the boat. And what happens with this is that you live in a poverty mindset or a struggle mindset and you continue to operate from that place when in fact your circumstances have changed. And what this does is it leaves you feeling powerless. And even if you don't feel powerless because you're okay with the fact that you're in a, you think you're in a float position, you hinder your ability to operate at the level that you're meant to because you think you're somewhere else, which in turn will really diminish your potential and the output that you can be and the level of output that you can be producing at. And on the other side, if your mindset tells you that it's time to steer the boat and your circumstances tell you it's still time to just stay afloat, that leads to a lot of disappointment because you're you're feeling like you have the push to do something and you're feeling like that push is justified when in fact maybe you're not exactly at the place where you thought you should be. So the best thing to do is figure out critically where you are and operate from that place. And this by no means is me trying to tell you that it's not good to aim higher because aiming, goal setting, and wanting to be great is very important. But part of that is self-awareness because we do not want to be delusional people. (laughs) So yeah, um, that was one that I really liked and I hope it helped you guys as well. And with that, I'm going to get right into the talk for this week. And this week we will be talking about competition. And for me, the whole concept of competition, especially lately with social media and and music, you'll hear the phrase, my only competition is me, nobody's in my lane, I only gotta, I only gotta compete against my bad habits and my, and my procrastination or whatever. There's many iterations of this and it's pretty much the concept that competition is not an external factor, it's an internal factor where as long as you beat yourself or you beat your past self, you'll you'll succeed. But I personally think this is a half-truth. And for that reason, I'm going to be breaking down why competition is both internal and external and giving you a a few things to consider at the end of the breakdown. So for competition being internal, I absolutely agree that it is because you do need to improve and you need to one-up yourself. Self-improvement puts you in competition with yourself as you try to reach new levels of your potential. And you actually owe it to yourself to be at the greatest level that you feel you can be, understanding that anything less than that is you pretty much shortchanging yourself. So the internal aspect of this is that we, no one knows us like we know us, you know? And there are times where we're operating at a level that may externally seem like we're doing great. You know, people love it. People are so proud of us and excited. And it's important not to get too wrapped up in this, especially when you know that you are able to produce at a higher level. And an example of this that I actually personally have was that um, a few episodes ago about um, the episode on levels, I believe it was. Um I had recorded the episode on Tuesday afternoon. Um, it's, it was okay. I 
if in case you guys ever hear paper, this is just a side note, I have to write my episodes and the breakdown and my talking points on paper because when I try to do it on my phone, it's a hot mess. So I had written down the talking points and looked at it and it felt really short based on what I had written. It felt shorter than what I'd like it to be, which is between 25 to 35 ish minutes. And because of that, I still went and recorded the episode. But while I was talking, I started to kind of ramble and drag things on a little more than necessary in hopes of hitting my timestamp. And I finished recording and it was an okay podcast. I'm not going to sit here and say it was trash because if I had posted it, you guys probably would have thought it was fine. But I went to bed Tuesday night and I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I know within myself that what I just put out there is subpar and you guys don't deserve that. Whether you guys feel it's subpar or not, the fact that I knew within myself that it was much less than what I know you guys deserve and what my ability to produce is at, I I couldn't take it. So I literally woke up seven o'clock in the morning on that Wednesday and deleted that podcast without even starting the second recording because I said I'm not even going to keep this around as a buffer because no matter what happens I need to give you guys something better I deleted the podcast and I re-recorded it why because I'm in competition with myself every episode of this podcast from the first one till this one my goal is to improve whether it's in my speaking so I don't say I'm a lot or if it's in the analysis that I give you guys on the topics that I'm talking about, I owe it to myself, just like you guys owe it to yourself, to constantly be looking at ways to improve yourself internally, irrespective of the opinions of others, or whether or not people are giving you the pat on the back and telling you that you're amazing. It's great to be amazing on the outside, but what's truly great is knowing that you are at the level of amazing that you know you can realistically attain and that you should be operating in. So this is where competition is extremely internal. On the other hand, we live in a world where we are up against other people and will be compared to them. It's cute to say I'm in my own lane and it's very true, but what happens when you're in your own lane but then there's traffic on the freeway. You're not in your own lane anymore. There's a few other people in your lane. Although they're not in your car and doing things exactly the way you are, they are in your lane because we are very, we are all kind of in competition for a few things that I'm going to talk about. But I found that there are very few things that you'll ever do in life where you're not in competition with external factors especially 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 when you're aiming for excellence it's one thing to say my my goal is for me to be physically fit because i i don't want to sweat when i'm running to for the bus and i don't want to pant <laughs> you know that is internal all the way it's a personal thing and you're going to be able to gauge that based off yourself because you're trying to become a better version of yourself and there, there's no outside factors. But if you're trying to do something like get a job or me now, I just wrote a book. Yes, my book is unique to me and nobody else has presented information in the way that I have. But at the same time, there are many books out there. So 
even if my book is unique, there comes a point where other people and their unique ideas are put on a scale with mine. And it's up to the consumer to decide which level of uniqueness calls to them and makes them want to spend their money, you know? So this is exactly the reason why competition is half internal and half external, because we all want access to the same resources. And these resources for the purpose of this talk are going to be money, power, and influence. And if you really break it down, money, power, and influence kind of encompass every other thing that we want access to. If you want food, what do you need to get food? You need money. If you want if you want to be a prime minister or whatever, what is that? That's power and that's also influence. So these three these three things are are the resources that we are all in a constant battle for all the time. And these resources afford us different type of lifestyles and opportunities that will ultimately make us live better, more comfortable lives. And I'm just going to go against my economics degree right now and tell you guys that I believe that most resources aren't actually scarce, but what happens is that the access that we have to them might be scarce. There is money in this world. There is money. You see all these rich people, but what what's the issue with you personally if you don't have any? It's the fact that you are not able to access a large percentage of the money available. There's power in in this world, the same thing, you can, you may not be able to access that power for your, your own personal use and influence the same thing. There's, there's many opportunities and many lanes that people can have influence in, but you may not have access to it. So I don't personally believe that things are scarce per se, more so that it's scarce to me because I don't have what is required to enter into it. So then because there are resources, the question now becomes, how do you increase your access? And what I found is that the two ways to increase your access is by increasing your strategic output to align yourself with where the resources are and two, providing, sorry, proving that you are more, you are deserving of more of the resources than the other person. So again, how to increase your access to these resources is one, by increasing your strategic output to align yourself with where the resources are, and two, proving that you are deserving of more of these resources than the other person. So the first part, which is increasing your strategic output, is essentially to be in competition with yourself. It's for you to ensure that you are producing at your highest level so that you'll be prepared for opportunities when they become available. Aligning yourself strategically means you need to be able to foreshadow or know what is required for what you want. And then with that knowledge of knowing what is required for what you want, you place yourself in position so that if that opportunity ever comes, you're prepared. So basic example for working, you know that you want to become a manager or of your company. And you've seen other managers come and go. And one thing that you've noticed about every single manager that they've ever hired is that they have an MBA. So now you know they have an MBA and you know there's currently a manager, but for the most part, there's a turnover every two, three years. So if you want to become a manager it would be wise for you to go and get your MBA 
already so that when a position, when that posting goes up and they say, we're looking for a new manager, you can go to them and be like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm interested in this position and I want to become a manager. This is what I have my MBA and all of this other stuff. Strategic alignment. <laughs> you need to make sure that your output and what you have is what is needed for that place. And this is internal because you need to prepare yourself. It's not, it's not necessarily competition on the outside. It's making sure that you can be in the right position so that when it's time to hit, you can hit that bullseye because you were standing in the right place. And the second part, which is proving that you are deserving of more of the resources than the other person is the external competition because we all want the same things, which is what I said, money, power, and influence, but we can't all get the same amount or get them at the same time, which then makes it a competition. Yes, I said it's access to these situations. And the, the issue with access that makes people think things are scarce is because many times what we want, the amount that we want, we're not able to get. And the reason why we're not able to get the amount we want is because there's many other people vying for the same thing as us. So sometimes there's, there's, um, a budget for raises at your job, for example, of $10,000. And there's 10 of you guys going for that. If they wanted to be fair, or I don't know (laughs) if they wanted to divide it evenly, each of you would get a thousand dollars. But if you have, if you have expectations to get $10,000, and somebody else has expectations to also get $10,000, clearly you're both going to be disappointed because there's not enough at this moment for you all to be satisfied at the level you want. So let's say, for example, there is that $10,000 budget, um, sorry, salary allocation, and you have strategically aligned yourself by getting all the courses and doing everything, you may now be able to justify why you deserve 9,000 of it. And the other nine people will get that um, $1,000 divided. And the truth is that this does happen. But what happens is that those nine other people who have to divide that $1,000 have all each have their own expectations of what they thought they deserved. And that is why competition is external because you have to prove in whatever way possible, which is usually by strategically aligning your your output to the resources that you are deserving of more of those resources than every other person. And in order to do this, you're up against every other person essentially, and it's going to eventually be determined who deserves what. So this is exactly why competition is internal and external. But to equip you guys with success and to be successful in comp- in competition, there are a few things that I want to note that you guys should consider and that will hopefully make it easier for you to be successful on both the internal and external competitions that are a part of being in society and being in the real world. The first is that you owe it to yourself to aim for mastery in all that you do. And what I mean by this is what I've kind of been talking about with the whole internal competition and with what most people talk about with internal competition. I am at a place where 
my aim and intention with things that I do for myself is to be a master at those things. And this might sound dramatic or over the top or unrealistic or unattainable. But what I found is that when people aim to just get by or aim to just float pretty much, what happens is that one slip up and you're struggling. You aim to just make exactly enough to pay your bills, one lost shift, and your credit just takes a hit. Aiming for mastery puts you in a position where even if you slip, you most likely fall into excellence. And if you really, really slip, you fall into getting by. What it does is puts you in a mental state of cushion. Because when you aim to be the best at everything you do and to master your craft and do it at the highest level available to you, you give yourself the buffer necessary that if you do not, for whatever reason, master it, because mastery is is a stretch, you know, and this is pretty much the equivalent of the whole shoot for the shoot for the stars or whatever, shoot for the shoot for the stars. And if you don't, and if you don't reach them, at least you'll sit amongst the clouds kind of thing, you know, that you need to do it at the highest level because life is real and disappointments are real. And, and, uh, a peaks and valleys type of graph is real. So there will be times where you're doing exceptionally well and you'll fall off. But the fact that you have aimed so high means that your fall off will not put you at a place where you're, you're, you're scraping the ground to manage because you were aiming so low in the first place. The second, um, thing to note is that you should separate yourself from your craft. And this is one of the things that I have learned this year, especially through reading a book called The War on Art that has really shifted my trajectory and has allowed me to operate at a level much higher than I would have if I was associating myself with my craft. And what I mean by separating yourself from your craft is that, yes, you have your talents and the things you do, but think of these things as a separate entity from yourself. So with me, for example, I write books and I'm an author, but that is separate from me as the person. These are just extensions of myself and things that I do that are are not so fully intertwined with my ad- identity that I'd say that they are a part of me. And what this does is that it allows you to be very critical of yourself. And this is because when you separate yourself from your craft, you're able to look at your craft in a way that's very, very critical and a way that allows you to be harsh with it without feeling that you're also being harsh with yourself. So I could look at my book and say, this book is trash because, <laughs> because it's not good. And I'll be able to say that because just because my book isn't good doesn't mean I'm not good. These are two separate entities, you know, and being critical is very important because it's, it's easy to love something just because we did it and because we love ourselves, but stepping back and seeing outside of myself, if, if a third party did this, would I still love it? That's a very important question to ask. The second thing that happens with separating yourself from your craft is that is that it allows you to do more because you're just the messenger. And this has been one of, or the the most 
groundbreaking thing that I've discovered this year. And it's the whole messenger analogy. And I think most people who I talk to, especially those who talk to me about wanting to start a business or a side hustle, it's one thing that I've really been telling them. And it's like, let's say, for example, you work for Canada Post, FedEx, UPS, DHL, any mailing company, and you're a postman. You've been given a letter and you're told to deliver it to to an address. As the middleman, could you should you ever say, I'm scared that these people won't like this letter, so I'm not going to deliver them? The answer is no, because that's not your job. You are the, just like they say, don't shoot the messenger. Consider yourself the messenger of all the talents, skills, and gifts that have been bestowed to you by God. And in that, understand that I'm the middleman. This is how I've been operating. Everything I've done this year, I haven't even been scared. I've been doing motivational speaking. And before I used to physically get sick thinking of performing and doing all those things. But these days I'm like, I'm delivering a message. This is what God put on the inside of me. And my job is to share it with the masses. Some people will receive it and some people will not. Some people will like it and some people will not. And that's truly not my business or my concern because I'm just the messenger. And this is part of separating yourself from your craft because if you have a talk and you and people don't like it at all, you do not feel like you failed or that people don't like you because you're just the messenger. If Canada Post, if a Canada Post postman delivers a delivers a letter to somebody that says they owe a thousand dollars and that person opens it in front of the postman and they beat up the postman because they're annoyed about it does that change the fact that they owe that money no because the postman's like this has nothing to do with me i'm just here delivering a message and take it or leave it. it's not my business i'm just doing my job and moving on with life and that's how i've been operating and doing everything that i've been doing this year and it's made it much easier to produce and create because I'm not getting in my own way because it's not my place to get in my own way. I'm I'm just on a on assignment, doing my job, minding my business and moving on. And the third thing which I've kind of spoken about in all of this is the fact that if you don't ex- um succeed, you don't attribute that failure to yourself. And on the other side of this, when you do succeed, you you don't attribute it to yourself fully either. And what this does is it keeps you humble. It keeps you remembering that this is above me. This is something I've been given. Yes, it's great to succeed and do well. But if I do, it's not just because of me. It's an extension of something outside of me. And if I don't do well, it's not because of me. It's an extension of something outside of me. And the final thing to know is that favor is a thing, but so is awareness. So work on what you can control. So... It is It is true that we have favor, things, forces outside of us that push us and propel us at levels that we personally don't think or didn't think that we could achieve. And this is the favor of God and it's, it's around and it abounds and it's in abundance and it hits. But the thing with that is that it cannot be tabulated. You don't know whether you're going to walk into a room and someone's going to see you and just love you and want to give you that position. You don't know if you're going to have an opportunity because someone randomly thinks of you at night and decides that you're the one they want they want for the job. But what you do have is self-awareness. So it's important that you work on what you can control. 
Don't sit around waiting for luck, favor, good graces, or anything. Sit around, sit around and work on what you have power or over, knowing that if favor comes, you are also still at the same time prepared for whatever it is. Because as I've said before, it would be a tragedy for you to receive what you wanted at a time where you were not able to accept it or be successful with it. And that's not what I want for you guys. So I hope this helps and I hope it, I hope it lets you guys know that competition is dual, but at the same time, when you master your internal, it makes the external go a lot smoother for you. So with that, I'm just going to end off this episode with our words to live by for this week. And I think I'm going to change it up a little and maybe focus. Well, I don't know. But for now, I think I'm going to focus on giving you guys weekly mantras that you can apply more so than advice. And it kind of all works in the same way. I'm just switching things up, guys. We're at 26 weeks. Let me let me try something new. If it doesn't work, this is fluid. We can go back to our regularly scheduled program. So for this week, the words to live by are, I will not give ultimatums because I am too worthy to only be chosen as the alternative to a wall. And this came to me actually having a conversation with someone where I was asked if I gave ultimatums and randomly I'm like no because I don't want to be chosen as the alternative to a wall (laughs) and he was like what that's crazy and I was like what that's really deep so I I screenshotted it and I brought it to you guys this week but giving ultimatums is you putting someone against a wall and against the only option you've given them and I've never been a fan of ultimatums, maybe because I'm stubborn and also because if someone gives me an ultimatum, I'm I'm not going to go for it. And I feel that we as individuals need to understand our worth and acknowledge the fact that we are more worthy than to be chosen as the alternative to a wall. I don't want you to choose me because I gave you no other option. I don't want you to choose me because you got scared of me threatening you. And all of you guys, I feel that you should operate in the same way. Our value as individuals is too is too great for us to want to be in association with people only because we force them. And this could be for anything. It could be for friendships. It could be for like romantic relationships. Like people even give ultimatums on proposals and weddings like if you don't propose to me I'm going to leave you and just to even think about it if someone is only doing something because you push them up against a wall is that the type of person that you want in your lives in your life with respect to that thing I want to be surrounded by people who genuinely want to be around me I want to be in business and in relationship with people who genuinely want to be around me I don't want to hold people most emotionally hostage by pushing them up against the wall and saying, choose me or choose the wall. No. So take time to consider this guys and don't, don't give ultimatums. You're, you're too good for that. And you're too important and worthy to be chosen as the alternative to a wall. It's not, it's not fun. And at the end of the day, those things usually come back to bite people in the ass because 
some there'll be a day where everything will pop off or you guys will have an argument they'll be like well I didn't want to you're the one who forced me I'm not choking anyone I'm not holding anybody's child hostage to be in my presence or to be in my space or to do anything from me for me and I hope you guys feel the same Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for kicking it with me for 26 episodes. Please order my book if you'd like to. I'm going to put the links in the bio. Send me a DM. Follow me on Instagram. Have an amazing week. And I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.